This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovus Indiana. This is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science and ag tech. The intersection of tech and health holds tremendous opportunity for innovation across Ag Bioscience. And today's guest began her career bringing together both in human health. Today, she is the 19th president of Indiana University and the first female to lead the institution in its more than 200-year history. She has a passion for learning, a bold focus on economic growth, and a deep commitment to moving fast. Welcome, Dr. Pamela Witten, president of Indiana University. Pam, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Well, thank you for having me. I am delighted you're here and so delighted you're in Indiana. It is just incredible to have you here 16 months after taking this job. Before we dig in to all things that are Indiana University and the tremendous work that you're doing, your team's doing, we got to learn about your story. Tell us the journey that you've been on that brought you back to Indiana. Oh, gosh. Well, I, you know, my story is one of those I like to act like it's very intentional, um, but it's really more more serendipitous. So about 100 years ago, I went to uh, Tulane and earned an undergraduate degree in business and then um, actually got married a week after I graduated from college, wow. still married to, to the same guy a million years later. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, the congratulations really are due to him more than me, uh, probably. Um and earned a master's pretty quickly, then actually went overseas and lived a little bit and uh, worked professionally in the communication field and, and banking and then in healthcare. Then went back. Um, at this point, had two of my three kids and dragged them to Kansas to get a PhD and uh, found this thing. This is in the early 90s, this thing called telemedicine, and there wasn't very much of it. Super early. Super early, yeah. And so I studied it and then uh, got brought on to the University of Kansas Medical Center to um, start and run the telemedicine program for the state and be on the faculty at the med school. And then decided, oh, I went back to get that PhD to be a regular old college professor. And so um, moved the family, by this time there's three kids, um, to Michigan, where I joined the faculty at Michigan State. Had a lot of great years teaching and doing research in, in the health technology field, and then eventually became a dean at, at okay. Michigan State. And um, had, a, had an interesting, fun run doing that. And then when it was time to do the next step, which is uh, to be a provost, there was already a provost at Michigan State, and he didn't feel like moving on because I was ready. <laughs> uh, so I went I went down south, went to the University of Georgia um, to become the provost there, and then eventually uh, served as the president of Kennesaw State, which is a, a big urban university, about 42,000 uh, students. And um, and then just just life just works out, yeah. you know, just got lucky and was able to come to IU. Ah, lucky may be a little understated. There's 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 a lot of luck getting a job like being the president of, of IU. It's this is a dream job and it would be for anybody. Oh, a lot of hard work, a lot of preparation. Sometimes where those things meet, we're luck and those things, good things happen, mm -hmm. right? You've you've served across the Big Ten. You've you've actually served at Purdue prior to to Indiana University, if memory serves correctly. Well, I spent a year there doing research. Okay, with him. All right, long so, time ago. Mm -hmm. so as you you spent time at Purdue, you had familiarity with Indiana. What was it that sort of tipped the scale where they said, "Hey, Pam, we'd really like you to come to Indiana." What was it? You know, it was um, it was the wonderful uh, serendipitous mix of all the things that I had done before, right? And so, you know, as you as you come to understand IU, you see that it's a really um, complicated, complex university, probably one of the most complicated in, in the country, and that's because of of the range of who we are, the footprint of mm -hmm. who IU is, right? And so, um, you know, if you look back at the history that I just told you about, you know, I've worked at a med school, I've worked at a at a um, you know state um, big R one land grant. Uh, 
around. I've worked at the flagship. You know, I've worked at an urban uh, campus. And then you look at IU and what is IU, right? It is Bloomington, you know, flagship AAU school, like I had been at, um, very large, you know, 47,000 students. It's IUPUI, you know, a a good urban university of about 25,000 students. It's the biggest medical school in the country. I mean, we have at Indiana University, it's some regionals that make just a staggering impact in their, in their local communities, right? And, and somehow I had lived, you know, been living right and had experience in all of those contexts. And so that made IU just kind of the nice package for me to, to, to come apply all that experience, uh, hopefully in, in helpful ways moving forward. Well, and a key driver to your strategic plan that I want to get into, because I know this commitment to grow across Indiana is really core to your strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go back a little bit because you talked about this pioneering that you did around telemedicine. And we, you know, we've long thought about this intersection between tech and health. Mm-hmm certainly in human health, in ag bioscience as well. Give us an idea how you and your leadership really see tech and health at large coming together as part of IEO. Well, first of all, I'm going to put a little stake in the ground. Oh, I um, like it. And, and uh, just put out there that, that at IU, just because we're not the, the land grant, maybe you don't run the extension offices, it doesn't mean that we're not deeply interested in agricultural sciences and the, you know, the, 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 really the growth and the strength and the asset to the, to the state of Indiana. And so, you know, um, you know, there, there are a dozen people that you could interview that could tell you the stories of the work that we're doing for um, crop development with climate change, right? Or um, diversity in farming, right? Or, um, you know, policy related not only to farming, but but food science as well. There's just, there's a great amount of work, both scientific and applied at IU, because we really are are vested in, in um, agricultural industry as well. So I want to put that flag in the ground as well. It. That, I love that, it. That, that's important to us, um, too. And I'm, I'm hoping uh, maybe this summer to take a farm tour and, you know, to get around the state and really visit and understand. You know a guy. The industry. Good. You good. know a All guy. Right, let's, let's plan. Okay, after graduation, let's do it. After May. Okay. It's and a deal. We'll, we'll plan it. Excellent. It's a deal. Very good. Um, so the, so the, the question that was about linking technology yes. and, and health, if I remember back a, a few <laughs> minutes ago uh, to that question, um, you know, and there's, and there's, there's multiple responses to that, right? Um, you know, some are, are, um, uh, complicated, right. Related to the work that we're doing, which is really uh, becoming quite a strength related to artificial intelligence and other developmental aspects of, of, you know, it and computing and, um, tying those applications to, uh, sophisticated development for health solutions for the, for the future. Um, you know, you see that in in the computing devices we have, right? I mean, we have a you know um, you know big red two hundred that's the biggest, most mm-hmm. robust in the country, right? I mean, people all over the country pay us to get to use that, as well as the access that we have to develop. Um, you know, new solutions in, in various settings, including health as well. Um, and then, of course, there's the the applied setting, right? You know, as a as a healthcare um, trainer, because we train. Um, the doctors in the state, most of them, certainly most of the nurses and the social workers and the folks in public health. And um, we're the only dentistry school and optometry school, right? So all of those places and training, you know, how are we um, using technology in various ways to deploy health services around the state? And so that's a that's another focal point for IU. I love this idea of what you studied back in K-State really being mm, uh, no it was KU not K-O, K-State oh, gosh yeah, yeah careful I know yeah. I just I just committed I, I feel like some sort of real atrocity yeah. to all the fans out there I apologize yeah. <laughs> and to you Pam I apologize you know what a Jayhawk is yeah, right that's okay. exactly right so I, I I look at this and it's just it is amazing to see how that still that thread still continues to weave through all that you do and the idea of human health 
connecting into plant health, animal mm -hmm. health, the whole food system. I just, mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I want to dig into that here in Indianapolis because mm -hmm. you and former governor Mitch Daniels, mm -hmm. now president Mitch Daniels, mm -hmm. soon to be something Mitch Daniels, mm -hmm. uh, made a giant announcement about IUPUI and what the future looks like coming up in fall of 24. Give us a sense what's happening at IUPUI and give us an idea, this new bioscience engineering institute that you're, you've talked about. Good. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for the question. It's it's something that we're excited about. And I, I have to give props um, not only to Mitch Daniels, but Purdue as well. They're just a, a fabulous partner in this quest that we have to really advance higher education in, in Indianapolis and the impact both in the, in the region and the state as well through the work that, that we're going to do. And so it's twofold, right? One is, uh, of course, um, we are uh, moving toward fall 2024 when um, Purdue will have its wonderful engineering uh, school in Indianapolis and they'll have students and we'll provide gen ed and all the services they need for their students to have a great experience and, and be successful, obviously. And then we'll become um, be creating IU Indianapolis, right? And our intent is to build upon 52 years of, of good, solid, interesting, innovative entrepreneurial work look around with what we know about higher ed now, look around with the opportunities that we have. Uh, for example, we'll be uh, 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 claiming all the science degrees and merging that right with all the health um, services that we have. And our agenda is nothing less of creating um, a world-class urban university. And if you look at Indianapolis, I think that is not an unrealistic goal. The resources we have, the drive, uh, you know, the values of folks here, um, we, we're very excited for what we'll be building uh, in, in this region in partnership with everyone. That's the academic side. On the other side, um, we also recognize that um, other than, you know, I don't know, maybe one Saturday in the fall, um, Purdue does wonderful, <laughs> wonderful work in engineering, right, and, and uh, some of the other technology fields. It's a real strength. And I would argue that IU does really wonderful work in, in medicine and health sciences research as, as well. And so when you put those two together, you have the opportunity to create something that's unique and something that Indiana can be known for. And so we'll be we'll be merging those two together to develop solutions, to you know, do research, to commercialize products, to do training that we think is going to draw industry and draw uh, investment. Um, but most importantly, when people all over the country go, well, where do you go for biomedical or medical engineering? Well, you go to the state of Indiana because right. there's that Indiana-Purdue combination that, that's occurred. And so we are, we are in the throes literally of kind of putting that framework together right now. It's incredible when you look at the top three publicly held companies in India, headquartered in Indiana. Mm -hmm. Eli Lilly is one, mm -hmm. Corteva is one, mm -hmm. and we would I, I would assume we could put um, Anthem, uh, mm -hmm. now Elevance Health. All mm -hmm. three of those care deeply about data science, care deeply about human health, care deeply about health outcomes, and then you look at sort of the balance sheet, if you will, that's inside Central Indiana. We have Elanco building their global headquarters right. just off, off campus. Mm -hmm. You have Corteva, who just named Indianapolis its global headquarters. You have Anthem, Elevance on the circle. You have Eli Lilly here. Pam, when you look at this, this need for an urban university, this need for this biosciences innovation center, mm -hmm. I mean, it couldn't be more clear. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a sweet spot for us. It, it, it is. I mean, 
in Indiana truly can become the crossroads of the country in biomedical engineering um, between totally the combination, not just of our of our two institutions and the expertise they bring, but importantly, it, with the partnership that we'll yes. do not only with private industry, but frankly, also um, with, with government and, and other investors around the area as well. Now, there's so much attention put on to sustainability as we look at this area. Mm -hmm. And I think when we start to look at the Venn diagram, if we if we overlap these, this idea of what we're seeing emerge is a concept called One Health, right? Where we look at plant health, the animal health, the human health, and sort of that cycle that keeps it going. That feels like this, right? Mm -hmm. Manifested. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so amazing. Mm -hmm. the, the, the overlap... Um, is, is critical, but so is the enthusiasm. Yes. And I, I have to say, um, both, both Mitch and I have been so pleased, uh, as we came together for the planning and as we made the big announcement, I think it was in August, uh, when we made the big announcement, um, the response has been wonderful. Um, I think I'm not exaggerating when I use the word euphoric yeah. for how people have, have responded. And, and, you know, there's, there's lots of hard work going on on our campuses right now to figure out the details, right. To make all this happen. And um, there's there's great enthusiasm across campuses as well. That's exciting here in central Indiana. Now I want to zoom way out to entirety of Indiana. Mm -hmm. You just announced your seven-year strategic plan, IU 2030, three real core mission areas, putting students first, research and discovery, improving the lives of people throughout Indiana. Give us a sense for what we can expect from the plan. And most importantly, how people, industry, innovators, investors, students, how can they engage with you, with the university, to really transform your vision into reality? So we decided to approach strategic planning a little differently than you would typically see at a big university. I like it. Um, cool. And so normally, traditionally, you'd see um, people would centrally do a lot of planning and they'd come up with, I don't know, 100, 200 page document that was your strategic plan. And frankly, it would be a lot of rhetoric and then seven, eight, 10 years would pass and it would get put on the shelf and then and the next one would, would get done. And that's, that's not atypical for big organizations or big universities. Um, but but collectively as an institution, um, we, we, have, we have real change. We have real accomplishments that, that we wanna address. And if you refer back to my comments a few minutes ago about how complicated we are, how significant right. um, our footprint is and our strength is in the variability across across the university as well. So we created a framework instead, and it's pretty simple. And it's, and it's built upon three pillars, this framework. And so the first, of course, is always students. Students are always yeah. first us. And if you look at this pillar, it's pretty clear about our um, quantitative goals in terms of graduation and retention rates, uh, the experiences we expect to create for students in, in other areas. Second pillar is based on research and scholarship. That's not a surprise at all, right? So, so there's some real strengths, and then we want to strategically build on those and enhance and increase our research uh, and creative scholarship productivity. And then the third area is uh, public service and outreach with a real intentional focus on uh, improving the lives of people throughout the state of Indiana. You know, just recognizing and owning that we're the flagship institution for the state of Indiana. And with that comes a responsibility for the quality of life in our, in our state, right? And so, you know, that means um, economic development. Uh, that means the work to not only recruit industry, but provide the workforce that's needed. That means um, the hard, hard work of figuring out how we get um, more K-12 teachers in the state. That means um, recognizing the leadership that we role that we need to play related to health as health providers, and so getting out and really addressing health outcomes, you know, in the state and 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 other such things as well. 
So what's happening now is all of our campuses are, t- are taking that framework and um, they have until March to come up with their specific uh, things that they're going to do per that campus to reach those goals okay. in each of those three pillars. Bloomington's doing it. Um, Indianapolis is doing it. The med school is doing it. And our regional campuses are doing it. And there'll be some variability based on the campus and their mission and their students and their culture and their and their region. But what's also important is to recognize that we're working to bring in outside voices too. Um, so we want to work with all of our stakeholders, which includes you know alum, investors, government, business, et cetera, to help us kind of set those goals and come up with the specific things that we actually need to do to accomplish. Uh, so we'll have all those answers in March, and then and then as I say, we'll move from coasting to climbing. I love it. It is so good. Now, Pam, you've had an amazing career. You've got a deep expertise in higher ed. And if you would, I'd, I'd love to zoom out even maybe just more abstract on higher education. Just some some really startling stats, statistics of late, declining college enrollment and the need for innovation in higher ed. CNBC reported last month enrollment nationally down more than 1.4 million students from just two years ago. Help us understand what What do you see driving this enrollment decline and what can be done? What are you thinking about at Indiana University, but maybe even more broadly across higher ed? What can be done to really shift this downwards trend of enrollment and college graduation? Well, there are a couple of things going on. And let me let me preface by saying you're not going to get a magic answer here, right? I don't think there is one, right? Right. If there was an easy answer, we'd be doing it. we, We would be done. But there's a couple of 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 issues, um, you know, getting the way this one is, um, that college completion, uh, is actually improving in some areas. So some of our campuses in the last decade, uh, have seen significant improvement in the college completion. Uh, Indianapolis campus is a good example of that. Um, but that's different than the college attendance or going rate, right? And there's confounding variables. And so one is we have a real enrollment cliff coming. Um, it's it's a real thing. It started during the recession and there people just had less kids. And so we're just now getting to that point where there are literally less 17 and 18 year olds that'll be going to college um, by the mid 20s. So we're about 25. And then that drops again over the next decade. And so... Um, that whole population is just going to be different for a while. And all of higher education is going to see that, 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 that drop, right? Now, um, the second issue is related to um, a decline in our state that's puzzling and worrisome, mm. and everyone's trying to figure out why. And, you know, you've seen the, the um, you know, our, our Commission for Higher Education has been wonderfully transparent in putting that data and, and trying to confront this issue. And so we've dropped more than 10 points um, in a matter of just a couple of years of people doing something. And, you know, I think the rate's gone from, I want to say, um, 65 or 68% to 53% just wow. in a couple of years. And that's not just going to college, right? That's going for a two-year degree or even a certificate of some kind, doing something out of high school. And it's dropped so significantly, um, particularly young males. We're really seeing the the significant drop uh, uh, per young men. Some people are hypothesizing because you can get out of high school and make 20 bucks an hour at a job, and that's potentially stopping some people. Um, um, But but some of the uh, employment data that's coming out from the state uh, would imply that's not totally the case with young mm. men in particular. And so there's there's a lot of effort going on to figure out what what that is. Um, you know, certainly a, 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 a strong economy and our economy is is strange in all kinds of ways right now. 
But we do know from an employment perspective, there are tremendous opportunities. And so that's probably having some impact, uh, some impact on things, but that's not the whole answer. Um, uh, so from our perspective, as we dig in and try to help address this problem, we, we think there are a couple of things we're going to have to pursue. Um, one is we're going to have to dive deeper into K-12 earlier hmm. to get um, students, especially non-traditional students or students that would be first generation, to be thinking about college and understanding that college could be for them and they could be successful. And that probably means innovative programs to get high school students taking classes, college classes, not in their high school, but on the college campus okay. so that they see themselves in college and actually being successful, right? I mean, we have some wonderful programs uh, like 21st Century Scholars and others in the state, but we probably got to look around. Um, you know, I mentioned that I lived in Georgia before uh, coming to Indiana. And in the early 90s, Georgia implemented a radical program called the Hope Scholarship, mm -hmm. right, that, that funds the majority of in-state tuition for students. And that changed the whole trajectory of the state in terms of the number of people that, that go to college. Not just the number that go to college, but the number of students who don't leave Georgia, right, who stay in Georgia to go to college. Well, that's another solution we need in our state, right, is we don't we don't need kids to leave the state of Indiana and go to college and never come back. Right. We want to keep them here and then and then have them find their life, their lives, you know, here in Indiana as well. Um, you know, if you look at Michigan, Michigan literally just passed um, something within the last couple of weeks that they're going to provide. It's approximately 5,500 for students uh, who stay in state at public universities to go to school. So they're going to help fund. And so we've probably got to look at, you know, you look at the Tennessee program, you look at the Florida Promise, right? All the states that are doing this now are seeing pretty rapid increases in, in college attendance and staying in the state to go to college. Um, so we want to we want to lean in and have those conversations with the others in the state to try to figure out what we need to be doing in the state as well. So, so as you can see, there's no there's not going to be a simple answer. We're going to have to come at this from from many perspectives. Well, know you have a partner in ag bioscience to help think through that and Very connect good. into the economy. We'd love to do it. Last question for you. Uh, I I love your energy. I love the fact that you are moving at light speed. You didn't go through a dissertation to get to a strategic plan. I mean, I love everything about it. You've made giant moves in the first sixteen months on the job. What's next? Well, you're gonna you're gonna see. Um, first of all, you can see a continuation of all that's wonderful about Indiana University, and there's a lot of things that are, are obviously already wonderful, right? Um, and and so we'll, we'll continue to support and in, invest in, in those aspects of, of the university as well. Um, but you're also going to see um, a school that is um, much more excited about um, bragging about our acknowledgement that students are the center of the universe at our campus. And so all things we do are, you know, we, we have just a phenomenal faculty and staff, and they're delighted and excited to lean into this as, as well. Even Wonderful things have been going on for students for many years here. But, you know, we put it at the forefront for everybody. As, as you're thinking about something, as you're making a big decision, be the person in the room that stops and says, time out. How is this going to positively impact students, right, moving forward? And, and you're going to see that at Indiana University really as, as a hallmark of who we are. And I think it will set us apart um, from other large public universities around the country. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to see um, some pretty exciting development in the research realm um, as we are... Uh, strategic and ambitious. And so, you know, one example uh, right now, our medical school is the 14th highest funded public university in NIH funding right now. And um, we've decided there's just no reason we're not a top 10. Um, so we okay. think that'll happen pretty quickly uh, as well. 
a couple of other areas um, uh, being developed very quickly as, as well, particularly in, te in technology fields. Um, and then I think you're going to really start to see, not just this year, uh, but in coming years, but you'll see it this year, the um, kind of joy in, in um, being able to serve our state and recognizing that that's a, that should be a, and will be a point of pride for, for our university. Um, you know, the ability to actually see the faces of the people um, who we are impacting across our state and, and uh, again, taking great pride in that as well. So um, put your seatbelt on. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful people in Indiana University, uh, and and uh, you know you live in this state. Um, this is a great place to be. People are good to each other in, in Indiana, and I think that's our secret sauce. Well, I am grateful that you have made the decision to be here in Indiana. Grateful you've taken the helm. She is Dr. Pamela Witten. She is the 19th president of Indiana University. Pam, just a real delight. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you. Go Hoosiers. <laughs> and thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. Get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire archived episode list and give us a review. Don't forget, you can learn more online at agronovasindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovas team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agrinovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Panel episodes by Gary Dick. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agrinovisindiana.com. Yeah.